Hey, 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 future editor Carrington here, uh, coming to you, or actually to you, it'd be normal, but I just wanted to first, before the video starts, first I would like to apologize to Connor and also to you. So today's guest, today's guest is Connor, and he did an interview with me, and it went great, we had a great time, it went fantastic, so why am I apologizing? His audio is a little off, so I apologize. I had the whole setup on my end, on the recording end. It was set up for streaming on OBS, not for interviews, which I have a separate thing all set up for. So, yeah, I did not check the levels before recording, and so, yeah, his audio is going to come in a little softer than what it should be. So I apologize first to Connor Rush. Um, we had a great conversation, and he's he's great to have. He's always great to have. Um, and I'm going to apologize to you, the listener or watcher, depending on where you're, how you're consuming this. Um, so, yeah, that's why the two audio levels are very jarring. Um, we did this interview last week, and um, it should have been a cut-and-dry type of editing type situation, but unfortunately it is not. I tried to mess the audio levels. Um, so, um, you might hear it kind of jarring in some places, so I, 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 again, I apologize. Um, also, the interview came out a little bit later than I wanted to, because I tried to fix it, and I could not fix it. Um, so towards the end of the interview, Connor mentions how he is releasing something on Friday, because we did the interview on, like, a Wednesday, I believe, last week, um... Yeah, his new single's out. Go check it out. It's great. It's fantastic. Again, I've listened to the album several times, and we'll definitely be consuming it again, even before it's even officially released. So, yeah, if you have anything else, why am I saying this? I don't know. I ha You have nothing else, obviously, except to listen or to watch it. I have nothing else because I got what I need to get out. So please enjoy, and as always, have a rad day. Welcome to Real Dudes Podcast. I'm your host, Carrington, and today, as you see, I have a returning guest, uh, Connor Rush from Fire Games. Connor, how are you today? Oh, I am great. I, I forgot that we did an intro. I don't remember if I was supposed <laughs> to do anything as part of that. You are more than welcome to do something or not do something. It is totally up to you. You're the guest. <laughs> Everybody listening. I am not your host, Connor Rush. <laughs> <laughs> it was Perfect. Perfect. I think you're the first guest to do an interview. Or not an interview, I'm sorry, an intro like that. <laughs> I'll start making it a whole deal. If I go on any other podcast from now on to do interviews for this type of stuff, I'll, I, I'll, I'll memorize how they start off and I'll join in. There you go. I mean, I, I try and do that when I, like, like, I'm a guest on another show because I always feel awkward. Like, how do I, like, fit into your group of people you know I, I want the exact opposite i think it'd be so awkward if i did it that would be hilarious it'd <laughs> <laughs> be so thrown off well i mean like a guest doing what now are you a host so, so connor you hit me up i want to say now it was a few months ago now Maybe. it was a while ago it was a while ago so you're here because you obviously created a new thing 
Yeah, and, I do that a lot. <laughs> yeah, and I love it. I love that you are just a creative person and you're able to just yeah, I, I do your thing. That. Oh, no I problem. I more, but... I, you and me both. This is, for me, this is my creative outlet. Just talk to people like you and be able to just... Yeah. I love it. I absolutely love it. I... When I was your age, I did stuff like the, what you're doing right now. I did it all the time. I just don't have time for it now. Otherwise, I would. Right. College is getting me to that point. I have classes, like, daily. And they're hard. I have a lot of assignments I should probably be doing. Right now. <laughs> no, question. Something I was able to do in college that I'm hoping you did as well. Do you have a class on Friday? Because I never did. Yes. Thursdays, I'm free. Okay. Thursdays, you're free day. Okay. Well, as I long as you have a free day. Thursdays. Okay. Like, right in front of me on my desk is all of the problems I solved on white paper for my calc exam I took last night. Did you do well? I hope. I got like... Okay, so you don't know yet. I got like 11 pages of just straight up multiple calculus in front of me. Oh gosh, oh, I remember man. those days. I remember those days. So, us being an indie video game podcast, people might assume you created an indie video game. However, you did something a little different this time. I mean, I technically created another video game. True, true. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember you created that, and you sent it off to me, and I'll hear like, hey. And you, I don't remember what you said. Just this is my new project, I think. I don't even remember. I, I, you didn't, so I played it, and I finished it, and I was like, oh, that was kind of cool. And then you're like, well, there's an album that goes along with it. I'm like, that makes so much more sense. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like people are taking the game way too much as its like own thing. Yeah, and yeah. I've like, like told people about it because they're like, oh, you know, it's a lot smaller than Summerland was. Like, well, it's because it's not, not the main <laughs> thing. It's like a, like a backup. It's, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even look at the size. It was just one of those things. I went through it, and I'm like, that was not what I expected. But when you said there was a, a company, it is, it's different. Yeah. And that is what I will say that's what I liked about it but I, when I first played it I was confused I was very confused I didn't know there was an album until you told me later yeah I I feel I feel like I need to give more context before I start talking more in depth about the weirdness <laughs> of the game slash album yeah I made an album that's the, that's the main <laughs> yeah that's the main thing yeah if you haven't guessed by now Connor has uh, an album that's coming out very soon yeah. very and I'm very excited very gracious that you were able to give me uh, an early listen before it actually came out. So thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. I, and I send those out probably too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, with something like this, I think that I don't know how many you sent out really, but I was I'm glad to have been to be able to listen to it early. You were you were at the top of the list. I, I wanted thank to make you. sure you got to give it a listen. You guys have helped me so much through uh, just promoting my material and like helping me get out and talk about these kind of things mm -hmm. oh uh, you so are I made sure i got you a link uh to the album thank you i i uh, i appreciate it we we even though it's just me right now but all of us really do enjoy your stuff um yeah, when you. summerland came out everyone played it everyone loved it i can say that with confidence and um I think I may have sent your music to Kyle. I don't know if he's listened to it yet or not, but I, I think I'm pretty sure I sent it to him. Like, hey, Connor made this. What do you think? Um, so I can say that we all like are all, we all love what you do and pay attention to what you do. L absolutely really love it. Like genuinely. Oh, no problem. Anytime, bro. If we we love it, we absolutely love it. Now, with your album, I have to bring it up now. Sorry, I don't have any of my notes written down what is the name of the album because i forgot i'm sorry the album is called the colossus is coming 
Yes. And yes. I do it under uh, my. Oh, oh, all right, I'm back. Uh, I did it <laughs> under my like, artist's name. Hold on. Something happened. The Colossus coming, I release it under my band, uh, Auric Echoes, which not a very search engine friendly name, I'll say. So I, we've talked about this before, but where does that name come from? So it's, uh, when I was like first starting to like record music, I had like no one in my family that was a musician. Mm -hmm. No one that I could like talk to about like technicality in music or guitar or whatever, except my stepdad's the stepdad. Um, his name's Floyd, awesome guy. He plays guitar. And I know that anytime I'd go to like a family gathering or anything, uh, I, I felt a little like out of place because it's not like a group that I generally like super get along with and I can't really talk about much. Uh, but Floyd was here and he talked guitar and he liked music and he loved the fact that I was recording music. So he one day, I think it was like Thanksgiving, decided to pull out his old yearbook um, from when he was in high school. And this is like 50s, 60s. Um, and flips to a page where it's him playing in a band. And it was like old school, like you've seen Back to the Future. 
Mm-hmm. You know the band that was playing that had like all the suits and like the big guitars? Oh, yeah. Usually one of those. <laughs> that and, is awesome. <laughs> and they were called the Golden Echoes Band. And I was originally going to just steal that and be like, oh, I'll call myself Golden Echoes. And it was stolen by some like like Alabama church choir or something like that. Gotcha. Gotcha. And I was like, oh, what's another word? And Auric is a synonym for golden. So I gotcha. that. Auric Echoes was born. Very nice. Auric Echoes was And from what you said previously, just in case people haven't listened to your previous interviews, um, Auric Echoes is kind of like your your music outlet that you have, correct? Yeah, I um, I do it in like a like a Tame Impala format or like mm-hmm. Nine Inch Nails, how it's kind of one dude. Yeah. Uh, but he's uh, it's like him just making all the music, and I've I, I really like that for some reason. I can't explain why, but I like going under like a band name. I think mm-hmm. it gives some sort of like legitimacy, um, and it seems cooler. It, I like it better than just saying oh Connor Rush album. Or mm-hmm. Echo sounds a lot cooler than Connor Rush. <laughs> I have to agree. You know, I might be a little biased, but especially with someone like Nine Inch Nails, like, yeah, it might be a little biased, but yeah, I can agree. Nine Inch Nails. That Trent Reznor is a beast. Dude is oh, a I beast. I think it's hilarious that he's the guy that made the downward spiral, and now he's doing Disney soundtracks. <laughs> <laughs> he, he does what he wants. I mean, he certainly earned it, you know? Yeah, no. And it's good soundtrack work. Yeah, you oh, yeah. Cool? Have I seen what? Soul. Yes, and I absolutely love that movie. Yeah, no, his like electronic stuff in that's awesome. I didn't realize he was the the composer for uh, uh, Soul. Um, I think it's just him. It might be him and okay. Atticus Ross. Is that the guy's name? I'll, I'll look it up later. But it's definitely Trent Reznor doing the electronic stuff for that movie soundtrack, and I thought that was awesome. I actually just watched that not too long ago because I, when I got the vaccine, I was this my second shot. Yeah, I was down for the count, so I'm like I. So I, while I was in bed, I was searching for stuff. I'm like I have not seen Soul yet, so I turned it on and absolutely loved it. Oh, it's so good! It's a very mature Pixar movie. Yeah, which is shocking. True. Yeah, but I've noticed that from them. Like if you go back to some of their um, other movies as well. And you're just kind of like this. It just resonates for both like a younger audience and also an older audience as well. Yeah, like, but like this one felt like it was almost directly like talking to the like the parents in the theater. Yeah, fair enough. Especially some of the jokes um, that. I'm not gonna get like the whole like relating to this like forty-some-year-old guy and <laughs> like his like day-to-day life. And it goes into, like, ideas of, like, appreciating the small moments in life before, like, your years are passing by. And I'm like, this is, this is some stuff that no kid is going to relate to. Okay, yeah. On that front, yeah, I could, I could get that. I just feel like if you just gave it to a kid, just some of the characters are just, you know, cute, so to speak, or have that Pixar, what I call the Pixar look, because a lot of their characters are very round. You know what I mean? And... They might, you know, just enjoy it. I'm not a kid anymore, so I can't speak for them. But, yeah, I know what you mean, though. Um, anyway, with Auric Echoes, um, is this your first, like, full-length album, or, or is it, do you have others out there? Okay. My second, technically third, depending on what you want to consider albums. I sure. have uh, my debut was in 2019. It was called This Is Not The Place. Uh, recorded that... Not very. It didn't take me a 
ton of time. I, I refer to that pretty quickly. I, I had a lot of EP material because I had to release an EP like two years before. Mm-hmm. Um, so 2017 is like where I started. Uh, and then I did the Summerland soundtrack under the Auric Echoes title. And if you want to consider that an album, I don't consider it one of my like mainline LPs just because it's, you know, soundtrack work. It's soundtrack. Not in on its own. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Colossus is coming will be my second album, full length album. Nice. And and so whenever I consume an album, especially like for the first time, yeah. I just kind of listen to it. I don't even like pay attention to lyrics or anything. I just kind of. Or do you? Are you? Yeah. I just yeah, kinda, I just, just want to get the vibe for it. You know. No, I'm I'm definitely an instrumental person before lyrics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and listening to it i loved how you really so the beginning of the album has like these like big sounds and have a little bit more energy to them and then you kind of just pull it back as the album goes on and i i love feeling that vibe because that's what i like out of albums like that pacing that's what i prefer and that's just me though yeah and that's just with any any band i wanted to open with something big because my last album had a very gradual intro it was like ambient sounds and then we're gonna do a little like little skit that's like kind of calm and we're gonna go into some like light guitar and some nature sounds and that was like how the last album opened mm-hmm. like okay let's not do that this time <laughs> and just like punch you in the face with a heavy guitar right off the bat <laughs> <laughs> i loved um, it i love that decision and i, I thought like I, I do i did want to start off with more energy this time around and taking the order of songs did not come as easily as it did with the first album. <laughs> I, I like sat and thought for a few days on what order I wanted these songs to be in, and it like the interludes that are there, where I wanted those to be, and if I even wanted to use them all. Uh, I ended up using all of them, so all four that I recorded are in the album, uh, and how I wanted those set up, and how that fit the story in my head, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I. I think I arranged it in a way where I'm very happy with it, and I think the tracks transition well enough with each other. It, it starts more high energy, high octane, uh, a lot more guitar and drum work. And as it goes on, it's more electronics, more drum machines, synthesizers, uh, and a lot more calm. Mm-hmm. That was very much intentional. I kind of figured, because you're not a person to do things by accident everything has a reason everything has a place and (laughs) (laughs) so without i was gonna say like really quick because you mentioned there's a story to it without getting into spoilers how would you describe the story to someone who might be listening to this right now Um, a person running from something that gives them immense fear for a reason they cannot explain Mm mm-hmm that's this thing, this thing scares them, but they don't know why. But they can't help but run. And that's the story of the album. In very literal terms. Yeah, yeah. I think the tapes really hit home of what's going on at each point in the album. There's a lot of stuff I do like leaving up to interpretation. I, I, don't, I don't like giving away all the answers. And Summerland, obviously, mm-hmm. like I do that a lot. Um, I think when you start giving away all the answers, it stops leaving room for people to make their own conclusions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I definitely wanted people to make their own conclusions about this album. Sure, like and what things represent, what they mean, and I there's no right answer. Sure, I'll should I? Right like, 
for me, like listening, because I'm a very anxious person anyway, that's how I felt like the album was really kind of exploring like people who have certain fears or like you were saying uncertain fears. And I feel like that plays into like anxiety. Like I'm, I'm not going to say I'm scared all the time. I've gotten a lot better as I've gotten older, but as a teenager and stuff, like I was anxious about every little thing. Cause it seemed like the world was out to get me in a way. And, oh, yeah. and so that's, I feel like that album kind of resonated with, uh, with my things that I've experienced over time. Like, I'm, I'm 20. I'm like in the in right in the pocket of where anxiety all hits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, I don't feel like an adult yet. You probably <laughs> don't feel like an adult yet. No one feels. I like know, not at all. But, but I'm in I'm in college now, and classes are hard now. I've never struggled with a class. I'm struggling mm-hmm. with classes now. <laughs> um, and it's weird, and I'm living on my own, and I have to center myself, and it's like learning to be an adult without being an adult. Mm-hmm. It's and funny because you said you're 20. Like when I was 20, I'm like. I thought I was an adult at 20, but looking back, I'm like, I was a kid. No, I feel like a kid. I don't feel grown up in the slightest. Don't worry. That feeling, at least in my experience, that feeling does not subside. Oh. And, I, and I've got bills to pay. I've got a job. I still don't feel like an adult. No. But, yeah, um, so can you talk to because you said the order of the album was something that you were like – was very important to you so you written the songs first before even like deciding like how the album was gonna go instrumentals i did okay so so i write all of my instrumentals before i even touch lyrics okay that's always in the way i'll jot down some like phrases maybe that i think sound cool that i could revisit later but for the most part i'm just i'm just going in blind with instrumentals and when i feel like i have enough to like justify the length of an album i'll be like okay how could we arrange these to where it feels like it tells a story? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I sat on that for probably like two weeks, three weeks, trying to pick out what the best order of songs was. I have like notes in my phone where I'm going over different track lists and different potential orders of things. Um, and then once I settled on the, the order of songs as they are, I then start writing lyrics so that they can fit into a loose narrative. Mm-hmm. I, I struggle to call this a concept album because there is a through line and there is an order you should listen to it in and there is a narrative there but it's very um, introspective with that narrative it'll talk about like oh this isn't what's happening this is how the person feels at this moment and every song can kind of be pulled out and listened to individually and it still like talks about that feeling you don't need the full context with it but if you do have the full context you can see like oh this is leading to that mm-hmm. um, that's that's my general thought on lyrics anyways i think uh not very many people i can say probably think that way i think i just read an interview yesterday maybe it was today kurt cobain said something very similar like he he was he worked, and we wanted to work on the instrumentals for, for working on something like the lyrics. So he thought the instrumentals were more important than lyrics. I, I agree. Um, I know that the uh, R, that REM did the same thing. Because mm-hmm. they had like one song where they wrote the lyrics first. And Mike, Michael Stipe talked about it, and he was like, it was so weird. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like it. Um, I know that Nirvana was like that, though. I wouldn't have expected that. I'm pretty sure I could I mean, I was... I was busy. I should have been busy with work, but it was just one of those things. 
He was definitely a lyricist type, I feel like. Absolutely. So when I saw that, I'm like, really? And Because it was – so Dave Grohl came with a book, and he was talking about Kurt Cobain, and that was one of the quotes that he came, that he mentioned Kurt said. Have you seen all the stuff with, like, the uh, Nirvana baby? Yeah. That's wild. <laughs> it is wild to me as well, but it also it's just like when you – and I read an interview. because like, I did it because I had this art project, and Dave Grohl didn't get back to yeah, me. I'm like – I'm like, like – like, I haven't, he hasn't had a problem with it in 30 years. Yeah. And he's embraced it. He's recreated the photo on his own accord multiple times. Abs- and he, I think he has it tattooed on him somewhere as well. Yeah. I'm like, Dave bro. Really go to his art exhibit and he's like, all right, I'm going to sue the Nirvana. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, the Foo Fighters just came out with an album. So he's got, he's working on a world tour right now. I'm like, bro, come on, at least be somewhat understanding. But, um, what was I going to say? So with the album, where did the idea come from to have a game kind of like a company along with it? Honestly, I was just like, what's something I could do that's different? Mm-hmm. What's, something, what's something I could do that's wild? And not to bring up like Nine Inch Nails again, they had, um, what's their album? I'm going to look it up on Spotify real quick just because. It's going to kill me if I don't find out. Sure. But they had a album where they released an ARG with it um, about something like with the Null Corporation and you like found links to stuff in the music. And I, I like that idea of like bringing this real world component to the album. And I'm not doing that exactly. Year Zero, that was the album. Okay. Uh, Year Zero. There's a whole ARG attached and he like randomly sent packages members of his fan club with like weird encryptions in them and uh i was like that's cool that that's a cool interactive element and i wanted to do something along those lines and i was like oh that's right i can make games (laughs) (laughs) so i i made a game i i made it very quickly um it it was not a very long drawn out process like summerland was i didn't Mm -hmm. spend like two years making the colossus is coming interactive experience which is the official title, and it's on Steam right now to like pre-save uh, or wish list. It's called on Steam. Um, but there's a, uh, it, I made it very quickly. I knew what I wanted to do, what I wanted it to be, and that gave me a lot of time to focus on like visuals and stuff. And I think it's a nice visual co- um, component to the album. And I can say that there were a couple parts that scared the crap out of me. Really? To be fair, yeah, oh yeah. But to be fair, I scare easily anyway. But there were a couple parts I was like. I jumped a little. Is this supposed to be scary? <laughs> I, did, I didn't want to lean a bit into horror. I, I've, every time I make a game, I'm like, this will have horror elements too. And mm-hmm. I never do. Summerland <laughs> was supposed to be kind of scary. Like when I first started like coming up with the idea, I'm like, all right, it's going to be like this, but we're going to have horror elements. And it's going to be kind of scary. Mm-hmm. I never did that. Um, <laughs> Dreamscape was the same way. Dreamscape was supposed to have horror elements. And I guess they're more present there than they are in Summerland. Okay. Like very minimal degrees. I can uh, see that. I can see that. But never jumped in. And I was like, let's, let's actually do something creepy. And I, that was like my main going in with the Colossus is Coming interactive experience. And I think it fits the album. The album's a bit creepy, yeah. I think, at points. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can agree with that. And I think having the tapes actually in the game as well as in the album, it, in a way it ties them both together. So that way you know that they're tied together, because otherwise, unless you would have told me, I would probably would have never guessed. Yeah, the um, 
I, I don't know what to say exactly in terms of like the narrative of it because I don't think mm -hmm. there is a set narrative sure. of this album and game. Um, I do think they're connected, and whoever you're playing as in the game and whoever's talking on the tapes, whoever that is, like that's up to you. You can decide who that is and what it means being that person. But um, they, I think they are connected, and I would love for people to come up with interpretations on it. I, I mean, think I don't. Obviously, it's me. <laughs> yeah, that's my voice acting. But <laughs> but I was gonna say how the community you have built seems to be very pumped up and ready for this. Um, so it'll be exciting to see what they th what they think. The the community is a lot smaller this time around. I feel like the Summerland crowd has has died down a little bit. So now I'm stuck with like the dedicated Fire Games crowd. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fair enough. Very excited about it. I'm very happy that they're sticking around for a weirder project. This is more of an art piece than anything. Um, it's an album, and the game is not is barely a game. I think it's more of like an art show. I was going to say, I, th I feel like it's, an ex it's literally an experience. Like, once you if, you, if you go through it, and if you feel something great, if you don't, um, definitely listen to the album. Like, it's just one of those things. It's an experience. So I have a pet peeve when it comes to, like, big AAA-type games. Like, uh, Ubisoft comes out with Assassin's Creed, whatever the next Assassin's Creed is, and they call it an experience. It's, like, <laughs> it's an experience. Or, like, like the new Call of Duty comes out, and like, it's an experience. Like, I hate that. It seems so pretentious, and it doesn't need to be. Uh, I know what you mean, but when I say experience, like, I feel like you have to sit down and, like, experience it yourself, because I can't find the words to express it. I think I've justified, because the title of this is The Colossus is Coming, The Interactive Experience. Yeah. I think I've justified that because I don't think you could call it a game. Yeah, because you don't really, there's not really an objective. There's not really an objective. It's more like you're taking in the story. You're mm -hmm. being a part of this weird, surreal uh, environment I've created. And you're really just like going through the motions of what mm -hmm. happens. Uh, and I think I've justified calling this one an experience. I uh, think so. It's like an art piece more than yeah. anything. And I feel like, too, it, if I could put into words – or not – if I could mm, – sorry, words. The, the things I'm thinking about, like the – while I'm listening to the album, that's how I imagine the world is that you built with the, the game. Yeah. So just your opinion. Does the music and lyrics of the album fit the game well? Yes. Well, I think so. Yeah, because yeah. uh, I after because I, I like I said I listened to the music first. I've listened to the album now probably four or five times. Um, <laughs> that's how I just consume music nowadays. Like I just I, have I to go the, in. Uh, like what four and a half hours out of your time? <laughs> <laughs> it didn't even feel like it to me because uh, I'm starting to work out, which is why we didn't do this interview earlier. Because um, I was working out and fell asleep. <laughs> but uh, while I work out, I listen to music. So that's. It was just, just turn it on and just go at it. I can't imagine that any song from The Colossus is Coming makes a good workout track. <laughs> Technically, no, but it's just how I consume music right now. <laughs> like, the only upbeat song is, like, the intro, and it's in 7-8 time, so you can't even, like, time your steps to it. <laughs> you, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things. It's just... It's just how I consume music right now, because you use pre-Rona... Pre I would just listen to music to and from work, and then after, you know, all this, yeah. um, my like new music consumption went way down because it's just like I don't, 
I don't listen to music while I'm in my apartment, really, a whole lot. No. But not at the moment. It just depends. If it's music, I already know. Like right now, the Beatles are about to come out with that uh, documentary. So I've been consuming Beatles music a lot, just yeah, in general. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited. Okay. <laughs> At like your apartment? <laughs> yeah. So I told you I'm in a new apartment. The reason I'm in a new yeah. apartment is because there was a fire at the old one. Oh. Not caused by me. Okay, uh, good. Water, water damage. The gotcha. The fire did not spread, but the sprinklers did. <laughs> it wasn't even our room. Our room didn't have the fire. It was like one of the top floors. So are you in a dorm room then? Apartment. It's apartment, like okay. University owned apartment. Gotcha. It's just one of those things. I, I don't know. I guess just at the moment, because I, I feel like if I'm working, I usually have like YouTube going, and I'll have like a video playing in the background just to keep my mind occupied, kind of thing. I do that all the time too. Are you the type to do like the three-hour, uh, like game analysis videos? Yeah. Absolutely, all the time. <laughs> Who's the dude? It's like Jacob something. Um, he does some really good ones. Either that, or I'll do like um, I've been Ultimate doing. I've been doing a like movie critique, like long like analysis, like movie analysis and theories and things like that recently as well. That are long form. Anything that's longer than twenty minutes, boom, it's on. Joseph Anderson. Joseph Anderson does some good ones. He has a three and a half hour one called Uncharted and The Last of Us. Great and terrible games. Uh, I, I've watched that one actually. I watched um, the whole thing. <laughs> And I watched one about Fallout. I can see what I've watched, which is why I can see what I've watched. I'm like, oh, yeah, I watched that one. I watched this one. Um, I watched. I did watch the Uncharted and the Last of Us one. I did watch that one. Or actually, rather, listen. <laughs> the Uncharted and Last of Us games are, like, my favorites of all time. So when I saw that, I was like, let's revisit. Also, and Luke Stevens does some good ones. There was one i watched recently i don't think it was luke stevens though let me check luke stevens does that ultimate critique series where he yeah. like makes some long form reviews on games it was not this guy i let me see because this guy was talking about how last of us was actually terrible game design i'm like really that's interesting i disagree wholeheartedly with that statement and I don't remember what his um... – yeah, it's an hour long by Nakey Jakey. Um, yeah, it's an hour. Oh, I remember. No, I have seen that. I love okay. Nakey Jakey. Okay. He's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree with him entirely, but I think he's hilarious. I, I, yeah, I didn't agree with it either, but I, was, I just had to watch it just to see what he said. I'm like, that's a, that's a hot take. That's a hot take. Oh, I should have done this on, a, on like, an exercise ball. Yes, because <laughs> that's just like he did. Yeah. Was his, so, was his point that it was terrible game design, or was it just that it was dated? Dated. It was outdated. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, because I still love it. I get that it's simple, but I'm simple, and I don't like big RPGs, and I just want to play Last of Us. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I'm, I guess I'm, 
right now I'm in the mood of I want to, I just want a good story right now. Like I don't even care if it's complicated or not. Like I just started playing Final Fantasy VII the remake. I've never played the original. I so because I've never played the original. So I'm like, how? What's it like? Just as someone who's never even played the original, and I can already tell how different it is. Like I know the the main like plot points in the main beats of the original, even though I've never played it. I know it at this point. What? So you haven't you you have not beat it then? No. No. Okay, I won't spoil anything. I do want okay. to say though, <laughs> it's it's hilarious how like continuity mm-hmm. becomes a plot point. Okay. Like, continuity between the remake and the old game is, like, a part of the plot of the remake. Gotcha. It's so weird. The one thing playing through it, I'm like, there are certain beats in the remake. I'm like, there's no way this is in the original just because just of technology. And I'm yeah, like, there's... No, everything's, like, totally different. Okay. It's now, not even a remake, really. Okay, that's what I was confused of. But I was wondering if some of, like, the commentary that's in the remake, is it in the original? I, I've not played the original, and I've not played the remake. Okay, so I just, okay. I just care little enough to where I was like, okay, let's spoil it and see what happens. Sure, okay. Uh, uh, but, like, I know that, like, certain characters, like, live and die differently in the original and the remake. Okay. I don't know which characters off the top of my head, so I'm not, like, spoiling it or anything. But, sure. Like, I know there's some characters that die in the original, I've heard, that don't in the remake okay okay interesting i will we'll see because once i get through it then i'll go back and play the original because i do own it i just never played it i have i have it on ps3 like i bought like the emulation on ps3 gotcha (laughs) i have it on steam so i guess i have an official pc port of it um I do want to get into something that we disagreed with earlier in, the, in, in our DMs back and forth. Because I, <laughs> um, I said the dance reminded me of like a Dave Grohl-esque type of track. Oh, the, yeah, the song The Dance. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Dave, Dave Grohl track. Are you talking about like mm-hmm. the 30-minute one he did? Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. Because yeah. there is the... I can see that. Okay. Because there, there was a... In the whole entire piece... There's like a five-minute bit in there somewhere where it kind of builds. And then in the dance, you have this build towards the – because that's like a six-minute-long track or something like yeah, that, right? It's like a three-minute mark. It goes wild. Yeah. It was around there. There was a certain build that – it's not the same, but it just gave me those vibes, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I get that. Um, what was I listening to? Black Midi. I don't know if you know the band Black Midi very well, but I'm obsessed with this band. Uh, and they can, they release albums that'll have like a two minute song and then like mm-hmm. a nine minute song. <laughs> I, some of their longer ones are very progressive, and they're like, here's section one, section two, section three, very Bohemian Rhapsody like. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want to do that, so I just had a bunch of different sections in my head. I kind of glued them together, and I'm like, this is gonna sound cool, and I think it did. <laughs> I think it did. I really enjoyed the track. It's one of my if I. That's one of my favorite ones is the dance. Absolutely. Because it's, it's just the way it, it flows. And there's different. Well, I guess you said it's like Bohemian Rhapsody. It's got different vibes to it depending on which part of the track you're in. That was one of the ones I was most worried about. Because I feel, feel like because it was in separate sections and not like verse chorus, it mm-hmm. would be very disjointed. And given that some of these sections are so different, um, 
but I, I think I've transitioned them well enough so that it works. I think so as well, especially coming from It's Coming, where it's this big, loud, like, punch-in-your-face kind of thing. The dance is a good transition, I think, to the rest of the album and how it's going to go. It goes. punch you in the face parts in the dance, mm -hmm. Yeah. to be clear. There is a part in that song that is just noise. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> For, like, a good 10 seconds, that's just noise. Um, yeah, and then I really like the last track as well, It's Here. I think it's very important to end on a very, like, important note as far as, like, because I think a really good way to make an album, you start you start big and you end with something that makes someone want to go back and listen to it again. And I think It's Here does I that. Wanted, I, I thought it would be kind of funny. Uh, not just funny, but, like, a um, cool, I would say, like, literary device. I don't know the proper term for, like, an album. Uh, <laughs> but if I linked these songs together the opener and the closer by title like it's coming it's here and then made the songs like polar opposites mm -hmm. like these songs cannot be any different in terms of like style instrumentation um lyrical themes they are total opposites uh and i think there's like a cinematic quality to that it's like the opposite of looping back around <laughs> <laughs> or like in a way it's it's, it's like poetry in a way too and like the meanings of the songs, I think are totally different, um, and they relate to the same thing. Mm -hmm. Totally different perspectives. It's here closes off a narrative in a way that does not close off the literal narrative. I leave the literal narrative very up to interpretation, but the feelings mm -hmm. around it are pretty set by it's here. I I don't know if you got the same vibe from that. I would, like I said, I meant to re-listen to it before this because I haven't listened to it in about a month or so, so I don't remember. So I, and I apologize. It's it's fine if you get something totally different. My lyrics are very odd. I I try to write in very cryptic language that's very like metaphorical and um, vague because I think it allows the listener to project themselves onto the music more than I it would if I were just telling a story like mm -hmm. literally. Now that I did get, because I'm like, because uh, when I started listening to the lyrics, it, it took me, I'm like, I did, that's something I did notice, and I can say that for certainly, how metaphorical and cryptic the lyrics were, and that was, that, it made me start thinking about like each track and um, how the names are like very important, like they're very important to go along with the track, it's not just like a name, like, oh hey, yeah, that's just... That's just agape, you know? It's just, it's just what it is. Yeah, a lot of the song titles don't even show up in the songs. And I think the titles are, like, very important in understanding the songs, in a mm -hmm. way. Like, there'll be a song where it could be talking about anything. But the title will be like, oh, so it is this. It's, it's this thing you're talking about. Um, I do that a few times on the album, I think. Maybe. I, I'm pretty sure you do. Because, um, and I will say, like, I didn't put this as a track as my top three tracks that I gave you, but Agape, I was uh, just shocked that you, I don't know many people that know that word. Uh, I didn't, and I Googled okay. Emily's. <laughs> I was, I was trying gotcha. to name for the song, and I was like, uh, let's look up something like this. And I came up. If I remember, I think it's ancient Greek for love or something like that, but yeah, like a... It was, um, 
the, the original name was very on the... I don't, I don't even want to say it just because it's so stupid. <laughs> the original name for the song was uh, very on the nose and very, like, tumblery edgy. Gotcha, gotcha. And I was, like, fake deep, and I was like, that's awful. <laughs> <laughs> I want to name this something else. <laughs> Let's name it literally anything else. Uh, well, I like the gape, like, just the word I'm like... I, I, that's why I wanted to ask you about it, because I'm like, not very many people know what that is. I thought it was a gape. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not the title. Definitely not that. Um, I guess it's just coming from, I don't know, just the way my parents are and taught me. Like, they taught me different things, and gape was one of them. Yeah. Uh, that might, if that's the case, that's probably a track you related to a bit. A bit, yeah. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. as soon as they, gape, I'm like, that's love like that's like a deep love that you have for someone not, not like it, it doesn't even mean a partner it's just a deep love you have for someone I could, i'm trying to think of how much i want to go into the meanings of songs like from my perspective because i feel like if i talk about the meaning it spoils it i will say let's not only because the album's not even out yet and i don't want and i don't want and you have a very dedicated fan base that do listen when i drop stuff with you in it so, <laughs> how is it? For now, we'll do another interview, and then you can kind of just go a little bit more deeper into that. How's that? I Later. I got you. I can do that. We, interview part two. Yeah. Okay. Then, yeah. Because, because I don't feel bad, like, talking about how I interpret the meaning of songs. But the songs sure. also don't exist to anyone else yet. <laughs> um, I'm never going to say this is what the song means. I'm I think that's fair. That I ever plan to do because I think that ruins it. I'll tell people like what was going through my head when I wrote it and like what it kind of means to me, mm-hmm. but I don't even have like meanings for some of the lyrics in here. It seemed like it fit and it seemed right. Not everything on the album is like extremely thought out. Mm-hmm. Beck um, is an interesting lyricist that's like, I. he did an interview once where he talked about the meaning of his lyrics and he said something that like, 25% of my lyrics don't mean anything. <laughs> he has, like, some things he wants to say and then fills mm-hmm. in some, like, lines that he likes the way they sound. I think that's... Yeah. Well, especially with someone like Beck, but even I'm glad you said that because I hate it when an artist says what it is. Because, like, let's say I have my own interpretation of a song, right? Like, oh, yeah, I feel like that song is about ABC. And then You're the wrong. artist... Yeah, and then the artist comes back and goes, it's about, you know, X, Y, Z. And I'm like, what? How does that even correlate? You know what I mean? I, I never want to do that. I want everyone to come up with their own meaning for this album. That is a matter of getting people to listen to the album. <laughs> do you th- people's hands and being like, hey, I'd love to hear what you think this means. Now, when you drop it, will it just be on SoundCloud kind of thing, and then you're just going to give out the link to people? or? No, everything. Okay. Spotify, Apple Music, all that. There are two tracks already out. Okay. Um, uh, it's coming and hypochondriasis. Okay. I guess we could talk deeper about those if you wanted to, since they're already in the plane of existence. But <laughs> sure, let's start with it's coming. It's it's big. It's loud. Um, with very heavy guitar. <laughs> <laughs> when you so you already said that you wanted to start off kind of opposite from the last album, but what was where did that song come from? What was you thinking when you wrote it? So here, I'll, one second. I'll, I'll give me like two seconds. Okay. So immediately after recording the album, 
down the string because then it's in a weird tuning. So I like drop D a lot. Mm -hmm. And any, which is for anyone that doesn't know guitar very well, um, the opening string is E. And when you tune that down to a D, you can do some really cool stuff with it. It's about right. So I was messing around with like odd tunings. And I had this song, I'm like, I'm gonna put this in a weird tuning. So I looked up some cool tunings and found one called Dadgad. Like, that sounds cool. And I found some songs that use it, and I'm like, those sound cool. Um, sorry, I'm trying to fill time it, while I tune my guitar. You're good. Um, Is Dadgad the tuning of each string? Yeah. So I was like, all right, let's try that out. And I started messing around with it, was able to do some cool stuff with it, and came up with the riff for the verses of It's Coming. And this was immediately after I released the first album. I came up with it. So this is like two years in the making, this whole record. But I came up with like... And I realized that D string fit in really well as like a bass note. So I started messing around with strings and eventually came up with like the... Like the... And that was like the... That was the first thing I wrote for the album, kind of. So um, you, not only is it the first track, it was the first track that you actually wrote for the album. Kind of? Um, okay. Because the first track I wrote for the album, technically, I'd say, is It's Here. Okay. Because that's, like, the first thing I ever wrote. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, that I could trace back to, like, before I released the EP, like, 2016, I, I wrote um, the main piano line to It's Here because I had this weird synth app on my iPhone. Mm -hmm. Like, the, it wasn't in keys. It was in, like, shapes. And I remember oh, cool. making a shape. I made a shape, and it made the melody of the piano for It's Here. It was like, do, 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 when you did the weird <laughs> shape. And I just moved that shape around, and, I, and that, was, that was It's Here. And I remembered that, like, three, four years later. The exact shape I made, and I went in and found what those notes were and put it on piano. Okay, that's impressive. That, that's pretty cool, though. That was the main guitarist for It's Coming. I did like the whole thing. Then I was like, oh, the, um, the next two strings are the same interval, so I can just play the same thing down a string and do the. Like that. Um, mm -hmm. So that became the verses. It was like, uh, let's do a cool guitar riff thing, because I listened to. How familiar are you with Radiohead? Not too familiar with Radiohead, outside of their their main, like, their big singles. Uh, do you know their song Airbag? Uh, I do not. So they have a cool guitar. I'm going to turn back up to an E. e. They have a cool opening guitar riff. It opens up their album, uh, OK Computer. Okay. It's awesome riff. It's like the... That's not the note. Mm -hmm. I haven't played it in so long. Uh... Oh, I think that's it. It's real heavy guitar, and that opens up the whole record. And I was like, that's awesome. I want to do that. So I just started messing around with my D tuning, playing some notes and trying to figure out something that sounded cool, and I came up with like the... I have, for some reason, your mic's not picking that up for whatever reason. Oh, I don't, no, so I don't know sorry. what you're playing. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, just uh, originally it was in four. I didn't write the song to be in seven originally. Uh, mm -hmm. 
but I just thought it sounded better. I wasn't like elongating anything because originally it was like. Um, Longer. Mm -hmm. I, I cut off the last note because I was like, it's taking up too much time. It's wasteful. Uh, so I knew it was going to be the seven. I knew the tuning. So I was like, I need a cool riff to open it up. I think it'd be awesome. And I just started messing with notes and then got the. Uh... Uh, oh, notes. I can't play my own song. <laughs> general gist of writing um it's coming and then i wrote agape in the same sitting oh so how was it just those two in the same sitting or was there more it was just those two in that one sitting okay and just like the main guitar parts for each um, i'm like oh i'm on to something here and i recorded really bad demos for each um it's coming was originally all acoustic guitar and that was how I was going to make it was just all acoustic. And I realized this is sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should do more with this because my initial thought going into the album was I need to make it simpler than the last one. Because the last one I was like, it was too complicated and I didn't know how to handle the complicated stuff. So I'm just going to be simpler. And that thought changed to I want to still be complicated, but I'm going to figure <laughs> out how to do it better. <laughs> So, uh, quick question then, because you're you're sitting down, you're writing music on your guitar. Yeah. Um, do you write simple, um, like drum demos, so for your drummer to follow, or does he come up with it uh, on his own? Originally, I just recorded like drums on my phone, and that was the drum track. Um, that's how I did. It's coming originally. I did like that, and my whole first album. That's what it was. I was just recording sequenced drums, trying to make them sound real or just making them sequenced uh, as a sound. Mm -hmm. And when I got into It's Coming, I decided I wanted to be a bit messy. I'm, I've been listening to a lot of bands like Black Midi, um, Black Country New Road, um, The Drones. Black Midi's drummer, his name is Morgan Simpson, and he's slowly becoming one of my favorite drummers of all time. He is incredible at making stuff that sounds like nonsense. Mm -hmm. um, he does these drum fills that are like out of time and sound like he just messed up the part, but then he jumps right back into the rhythm like it was nothing. So it's all intentional. And I was like, I want to make this album a bit messy um, and embrace imperfections. Mm -hmm. So I can't do that with a sequence drum machine. I called, I, I messaged my friend Jonah who I met at a camp. It was like an arts camp. I was like, hey, uh, we, we've never really recorded or anything together, but how would you feel about recording drums for this song I wrote? I was like, okay, I'll do it. And I said to him, it's coming. I did not record most of it. I recorded it with a metronome, but I did not arrange it with one. So okay. the parts themselves are in time, but like stitching them together might not be because I wanted to have this like natural feel to it. It's not like specifically in one tempo, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I sent it to the drummer. He's like, what tempo is this in? I was like, about 160. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Um, so he was like, oh, okay. So I think it was a bit of a new experience for him too. Um, but I was like, be messy. Be messy with it. Put in the imperfections. Drum out of time for your fills. And he was like, okay. Um, and he did it. And it's, I thought it sounded incredible. Um, having that like natural kit in there. Um, messing up on purpose. Mm -hmm. And there are probably a few moments in there where you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. 
Like it's like sounds kind of out of time and a little funky and like that's on purpose. It's supposed to be a little chaotic. Same with the I, vocals. I kind of figured it was supposed to be like that on purpose because at first, like when I'm first like listening to it for the first time, and I can remember it, and I was I was kind of confused by it at first, but then after repeat listens, like this is intentional. Like you can. I could tell it was just after repeat listen, but the first time it was, I loved it, but I'm like, there's something about this that feels off, and I just couldn't put my finger on it. I remember my drummer uh, showed it to his dad, and his dad was like, when it first started, he's like, the vocals sound off. <laughs> and then it got into the next verses, and he's like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's like just off enough to where you could like theoretically see it as being an accident, and then it gets mm -hmm. to the next verse, and it's so off, and you're <laughs> like, oh, wait, it's on purpose. <laughs> so... It Sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I would say, with it being messy, would it also be the hardest one to kind of just... Uh, record as well not really because i kind of I, I had the guitar there mm -hmm. it was recording over the guitar um and as long as you kept time with the guitar it was fine um everything came together really well um it's been a lot of fun to pr practice uh, i got like an actual band together and we're playing it and it's amazing i love it it's me the drummer and then i got a guy doing guitar and it's a trio um very nice. So are you guys performing right now or are you still practicing uh, before? Uh, we've gotten a total of two practices in. Uh, okay. Being two practices, we have a staggering amount of stuff done. Um, good. We play, they're both extremely good musicians. It's uh, Jonah Henthorn doing drums and Jacob Noska playing guitar. And those aren't their, like, exclusive roles. Mm -hmm. Like, Jonah's, like, up playing keyboards over here and he's got, like, weird stuff over here and Jacob's like down on the floor, like twisting pedals and like making weird sounds. They're both incredible, and they like totally get the vibe of the music. Good. Um, and then I'm playing uh, bass, guitar, vocals, and wherever else I'm needed, really. <laughs> but they pretty much got the rest covered. <laughs> so, are we, could we expect Auric Echoes to be performing shortly, or is there still more oh, work I to be done? So. Okay. I very much hope so. Like within the month. Oh wow! Very quickly then. Yeah, two practices, and we've got five songs down like show ready um whenever we played the first time jacob uh our guitarist who's in another local band called the freelancers um he's the drummer for that band uh i'm trying to think of the best way to like say this without being super convoluted <laughs> jacob's a, the drummer for the freelancers and the freelancers rhythm guitarist was there at our first practice and we played it's coming that was the first song we ever played together for the first time, we played it, and the freelancer's guitarist, his name's Tyler, was like, that was your first time playing that? And we are like, yeah. And he was like, that sounded like it was like show ready. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, awesome. Okay. <laughs> uh, so we have, we have five songs down. We're planning on getting like five more and then going and playing. Well, let and, like, me know if I have the ability to. I'll come see you guys. Yeah, how, clo how close are you to Morgantown? Let's find out. For, let me Google this for a second because I know as far as um, Barbersville, which is where Kyle is from, I'm like three hours away. This would probably be like pretty central to Morgantown. Okay. I don't think I'm like 
terribly far. I, if I were to guess without looking, while well, I'm still doing it, while it's still like doing its thing, I'd say about three-ish hours. I'll message the guy that was like planning a show with. All right, so I was wrong. It's four hours, but that's still. Oh, I'm not gonna make you drive that. <laughs> it depending uh, on the day, because I have friends in. Uh, what you call it? Marietta, Ohio. How far is that? About an hour, hour and a half. But I, uh, I'm talking with a guy who knows a guy. It's very much like a guy, no guy who knows a guy type thing. He's mm-hmm. trying to get us in with one of my favorite venues in Morgantown for a first show, and I think that'd be incredible. Where, uh, which is? It's. What's the, like the official name of it? I think it's called the Art Bar now. Okay. Um. It was called Retroteque. And it was like this little antique store that sold like '80s and '90s pop culture stuff. So it wasn't like a normal antique store. They sold like troll dolls and like crazy art, and it was like real alternative stuff. Mm-hmm. Doubled as a record store. Um. And they also had like a little stage there, and they'd put on shows sometimes. Well, COVID hits. They moved their store all online. But uh, they op- they reopen the place as like just a venue, and then they just host like shows there every week, and it's called the Art Bar, I think. Um, and I'd love for that to be our first set. Well, like, I really hope you get it, man. It, I like to describe it. You ever played Guitar Hero? Oh, of course, yes. <laughs> it looks like one of the bars that'd be in Guitar Hero. There's like stuff all over the walls. It's like wild <laughs> and crazy. It's, it's a fun looking place. That's a, those are the places I enjoy like going to when it comes to like seeing concerts because not only does the venue have you can tell it has like some history and some personality oh, to it yeah. but a lot of times like the crowd and the bands have just are just you can tell everyone there just enjoys music and they're there for yeah, it for the looks music. Like someone threw this place together because they love doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the layout is like there's a stage in the corner of the whole room with a big open spot for like people to dance and like like mess around whatever there's like couches sitting all over the place that you can just like sit down they have they like sell drinks um there's like mannequins everywhere it's so (laughs) weird mannequins dressed in like boas and sunglasses and stuff so you're hoping within a month or so you should be should be ready and hopefully performing by then yeah no no i really hope so Um, i hope so too man um i think for it's coming as our show opener, 100%. I, I, I was going to say, if you don't open with that, there's something wrong with you, because that's the perfect show opener. I'm trying to do a good closer. I wonder if you have opinions on like what of the album would be a good closing track. Because I don't want to do It's Here. Because It's I'll Here s- isn't like a, like a show song. Cause I, I, I was going to say, let me listen to it again and get back with you, and with a concert in mind, because uh, I will let you know, because I don't know off the top of my head. Gotcha. I don't. I don't think we're playing like two of the songs from the album. Because yeah. outside of all of them, out like, so it's coming. The dance, hypochondriasis. I think that's how you pronounce it. And hypochondriasis. Okay, hypochondriasis. Sorry. Yeah. And it's here are the four that I can. I know what they sound like. Okay. Outside of those four, um, I'd have to listen to it again. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah. Uh, real long tangent there, but that's it's here. I mean, it's coming. <laughs> Um, okay, sure. Um, how's this? For now, I'll wrap things up here for now because we were 
we're going over an hour and 10 minutes, I think is what the time is. Um, so for now, I'll stop there. And then we will pick this up again shortly after the album comes out. How does that sound? Um, before I actually close things out, do you have anything else you'd like to like mention or say about the album that we possibly didn't cover for some reason? Just a recap. My band name is Auric Echoes. It's A-U-R-I-C Echoes. Uh, the album is called The Colossus is Coming. It releases November 5th. Um, and there will be a game attached, which is totally free to play. Uh, and also new song and music video coming out this Friday. Uh, where can we watch the music video? What was that? Where can we watch the music video? YouTube. YouTube, 100%. Of course, Or YouTube channel. Uh, title of the song is In Genuine Numbers. Which, if I remember, that's track number six or seven, somewhere in there. Around there. It's like a halfway point. Yeah. I look forward to that. Animated. I animated it. <laughs> what don't you do, man? Seriously, what don't you do? 3, 3D animated music video. <laughs> Gosh, I feel like I've wasted my time. No, I'm just kidding. I'm like wasting my time with – no, I'm things. talking about like with me and my times. I feel like I I could do more. No, you're doing plenty with this podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Until next time, Connor, hopefully I can get more people on with me uh, so we can geek out about the album when it drops. I, I um, appreciate it. That means a lot. Uh, how about real quick, you can drop your, your socials. Where can we find you, man? Yeah, uh, I have a lot of Instagrams. <laughs> <laughs> my, my main Instagram is uh, Connor underscore W underscore Rush, and that's Connor with an ER. Um, my music is Auric Echoes again, and my game development is Fire Games Official on Instagram. Twitter, I believe it's the same, if not roughly the same. Uh, and TikTok, I do under Treasure Man. One word. That's it. Well, Connor, it's been a pleasure as always, and everyone listening, go check out Connor if you haven't already. I can't speak highly enough of uh, your, especially your Thank most you recent projects. Me. Thank oh. you very much for having me. You're very welcome, good sir. And as always, have a rad day. <laughs>